When I was young, my mom used to tell me, you can see both sides of an issue. I think that's a good thing. She used to tell me that a lot. I don't know why. But, uh, you know, I guess for whatever reason, I was always able to see the positive side or the negative side of things. I, I never was quite sure that was true, but I suppose there's some truth to it. So the pandemic... Well, obviously the bad is we can't go out. Lots of people got infected. Hundreds of thousands died. People lost jobs. Businesses closed. The event and trade show industry is extraordinarily challenged. Um, What about the good? Well, a a little harder, I suppose, but I I think it's more personal. Uh, I've been able to do more projects at home. I know people are doing a lot of things like writing. I'm doing a lot of writing, playing more music at home, doing regular Zoom calls with my family. Every other week we have... Zoom calls, which we never did before, and so we're kind of staying in touch a little better. We didn't do that before the pandemic. So, you know, that's good, and I'm, I'm grateful for the things I have and the friends that do stay in touch with me. I'm sending more postcards out. I actually send out postcards on a semi-regular basis to people. I think getting postcards is cool, and I have a stack of a couple of hundred that I've collected over the years, and I will randomly send out postcards to old friends. Kind of cool. Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is a Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, Find us online at tradeshowguy.net. And if you like this podcast, please tell a friend or a colleague, share it, or even find it on Apple Podcasts or soundcloud.com and uh, give us a thumbs up or even, heaven forbid, leave a review. Why not, huh? This week, a nice interview with Rama Beerfoss of Lev Promotions. I met Rama about a year ago and had her on this show in April of last year, just as we were all trying to figure out how to deal with the pandemic And I thought maybe it was time to reconnect and talk with her again and see what's changed in her world uh, with the clients she works with. She's in the promotional products industry. And one thing I liked uh, about that when we spoke the first time is that she seemed like a really plugged in person paying attention to a lot of things. She had information on, for instance, bringing stuff in from China. And I was curious, has any of that changed? And uh, yes, she did chime in on a few of those things. And it's a good conversation. Hope you enjoy it. I want to welcome Rama Birfus of Lev Promotions back to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Rama, it's so great to see you. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on again. Tim. Yeah, thanks for spending some time. I know we spoke in April of last year, about a month into the COVID pandemic, and we were all sort of feeling our way through and everything was closing down. And it's kind of funny, in New York Times, I get the digital version. And I think just today, there's a bunch of stories that popped up about a year ago. Yep. And I wrote an article about a year ago, what happened to me. And so we're all looking back a year. And so it might be fun to explore what's happened in the last year. It's been 11 months since we spoke and in your industry, promotional products and other things you're doing, trade show marketing and consulting, things like that. So are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, you know, what have you learned, I guess, over the past 11 months since we last <laughs> spoke? Um, how has that affected your business and your client's business? So what, what's going on? Well, what I've learned is that this promotional products industry is volatile. And actually that is the case pandemic or no pandemic. I think the pandemic just accentuated it. Um, There are some of the same issues we faced a year ago, but for different reasons, like importing from China, we're still having issues with that, but for different reasons than we did a year ago. Um, The good thing is that a lot of my clients have actually started listening to the things that I've actually been telling them for years about the way to to work with their promotional products to increase engagement. And I'm hoping that moving forward, when things start to go back to normal, they look at the lessons learned from changing their mind thought about promotional products and keep, if not all of it, some of it in place, because uh, really the result has been um, very heartening 
to see what my clients who have embraced the idea of promotional products in a non-live event world have experienced. Yeah, especially if you're used to going to shows, handing out whatever those items may yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and there's a, obviously a different approach when you're doing it by mail or if you're happening to be local and you're able to drop Absolutely. something off and have a social distance, to, <laughs> uh, yep. you know, in-person meeting. So what kind of things uh, come up in those, in those conversations? I'm curious. Well, really what it's about is not looking at trying to hit everyone because obviously in a virtual event world, you can't hit everyone but looking to really increase the engagement with your current clients, especially the top tier ones and your number one target market prospects that are going to attend these events or that you want to create Zoom meetings with, whether it's one-on-one or like I said, a a virtual trade show floor. It's really all about increasing engagement, which is in fact what it's always supposed to have been about. But in an age where you don't need to worry about having something on the counter for everyone to come and scoop stuff up, it becomes a different mindset in what to do. And also the fact that, let's face it, at a virtual event, you're still spending less on the trade show to attend because there's no travel costs, no um, additional staffing costs. There's so many costs that you can save on that it would behoove these companies to look into putting them into ways to create better engagement. So pre-show marketing, post-show marketing, and promotional products as a a part of all that has really, I think, seen a greater focus. And that's what I'm hoping continues because that's where you get the ROI, the ROO by being more targeted and, and focused on the engagement. I realize that every company is different and every every product they're promoting or service they're promoting is different. So you kind of have to take them individually, but are there any types of things that you would suggest to those clients now versus a year ago? Has there been a big shift, a minor shift? I know a year ago, I was reviewing the interview we did in April last year, and a lot of people were trying to get hand sanitizer, which makes sense. Yeah, uh, that came and went pretty quick because now there's a glut of hand sanitizer. I go to the local grocery store and they're selling, you know, 50 cents uh, for the small jars and they have thousands of them. So exactly. I don't know in my, for me, at least there really hasn't been a big shift because it's still a lot of the same methods and thoughts behind what I'm suggesting to clients. So um, for me, especially for the last few years when imprinting methods have really come a long way and it's become more possible for personalization, um, I really started harping on that more, quite frankly, with COVID. People wanted to know that the cup, the pen, the whatever it was that they were touching on a regular basis, whether it was in their own home or they were still going into an office setting, which many people, let's face it, still were, having your name on it pretty much meant that no one else was going to touch it, use it, put their lips <laughs> on it, their hands on it. Put their so you mean personal, it. personalizing, for example, uh, you're, you're putting the client's name their own yep. name on a coffee cup that's yep. got your brand on it or something like exactly. that. Ah, gotcha. Exactly. So, and it, what's cool about it is that we've also seen a great increase over the last, I would say two to three years over where we can imprint on items. So for instance, I was just hmm. talking to one of my vendors the other day and they've got a ceramic mug, which can be personalized, but you can put the logo on the mug, which is what we're used to, you can also put it on the side of the handle Hmm. or you can put it on the bottom of the mug. So you've got all these different ways to imprint now and even to personalize so many of these items. So you can put your branding on it in a more subtle fashion 
and make it all about the recipient, or you can put both and be right in your face with both items. So it, it's really kind of exciting to see what's going on. And I think that with my vendors, maybe having some of the, well, let's face it, business was down the yeah. first, well, in the second quarter of last year, business was down. I think it gave some of them an opportunity to kind of look at what the possibilities were, because really, even in the past year, when you would think that everything was stagnant, I've seen tremendous growth in what's possible to do. So not necessarily the type of products, but what's possible to do with them. And that's what excites me is, is how can we create that engagement? And let's face it, not everyone has a ridiculous name like I do. And most people can go out to a store and find something where they have personalized racks with their name on it. But that doesn't mean that they look at something that they get from someone else that has their name on it and don't go, wow, that's really cool. Wow. I'm, I, you know, who gives away something that's got their name on it? Right. Well, so. you know, you talk about the, 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 the down business has caused a lot of companies to kind of like stop and breathe and go, okay, what yep. can we do now when they've been going hundred miles an hour for a long time? And it seems yep. to be, they going, they're going faster. And that's happened in the, obviously in the exhibit uh, world as well, oh, yeah. the, the trade show exhibit uh, designers, builders, all that stuff. They've yep. had a chance to kind of go, uh, what else can we do? What, what are we good at? Those types of things. And, and I have seen that in other industries and companies as well. Some, some companies you're right are really thriving during yep. that. Um, or shifting and pivoting, you know, a lot of the people that did uh, in-person um, presentations were, you know, doing virtual presentations, exactly. or making music videos that were clever and things like that. So, it, it, you know, what what are you creative at and what are you good at? Those types of things. I think that's interesting to that you're passing that along as well from the vendors of that and to see that they're making changes and yeah. adjustments and being creative too. That's, that's yeah, cool. it boggles my mind. You yeah, know, I was almost- curious. Um, you know, some states are slowly relaxing their guidelines. Others have completely lifted. I, I just got an email this morning from, I think, uh, Exhibit City News about uh, several shows happening in Texas in the yep. later in this month. And it gets me to thinking, you know, are people going to be at their shows? Will exhibitors go? What are you hearing from your end uh, in those states uh, or, or companies that would be going to those states? Do you have any feedback uh, that, that you could share with that? I'm really just hearing at this point, a lot of hesitancy, you know, these companies, they have to worry not just about being there, but they have to worry about the potential impact to their company should their employees sick or some, you know, from, from all of this. So, and with everyone not quite yet being fully vaccinated, where I'm seeing is that companies where they've been able to vaccinate more of their employees are, a little bit more gung-ho, but even they're wary about it. You know, no one wants to be the object of a potential lawsuit from COVID-19 exposure. And people are, they're still scared about it. Yeah. And while they're really anxious to get out there and do it, it's kind of that push-pull. It's the same thing I had last year because I exhibit at uh, Exhibitor Live. And they canceled the show. I think it was like a week and a half, two weeks before the show was supposed to start. Right. And it's a, it, it was a real push-pull for me, and I think that's what people are seeing now. Well, I go, and I know it's possibly dangerous. At that time, we were still not so sure what was going on. And, But I've got money invested, so how do I not go? Right. You know, you the know, other so- side of that coin is, is virtual. Uh, a lot of the shows that uh, I'm involved yeah. with, um, 
went virtual last year and one of the big ones, Natural Products Expo West, uh, they were going yep. to go in late May and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, three or four weeks ago, they said, you know, we're going to go all virtual, no in-person meeting. And in talking to clients and prospects, uh, they're not really excited about it, frankly. No. Um, yeah. Some are like, well, we may go and others are like, we tried a few of those and, and we got nothing out of it. So not worth it to us. They want to get right. back to, to live shows. Is that I the agree. sense you're getting when it comes to virtual? Yeah. What I'm getting from my clients is that they feel most comfortable with events that start around June. Hmm. So that's most of my clients who are really looking at shows and looking to participate live or possibly in a hybrid situation. I don't think I've got anyone right now who's looking any earlier than June. I've got clients making plans for the fourth quarter and even the first quarter of next year. But I don't actually have anyone currently making big plans for a live show that's happening before, I think mid-June, I think is the earliest I'm working with a client on right now. Because again, you know, these restrictions are being lifted kind of a week before they're actually being lifted. Who has right. time to actually put together a live show in a week? It takes time to plan, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think part of the hesitancy is not just the COVID, but how well is this show going to go if they had, you know, two weeks, three weeks to actually right. put it together in a live format, no matter how often they've done it, things are changing and we're learning as we go. Yeah. And, and even though show organizers and exhibitors and attendees want to get back, there is this kind of a, a abundance of caution involved exactly. in that. And I do think that you're right that third quarter, fourth quarter, we'll see more and more shows and people will slowly come back. And maybe yep. once everyone I kind of feel though that once we get to that point where where everything is lifted, it'll be like the floodgates open. I, and yep. I, I, it may be another six months to nine months uh, or more, yep. really before that happens. So, I, and there was one other thing I wanted to cover with you before um, we close this out, Ramon. That is, uh, we spoke about a year ago about some of the issues you had, and it's kind of interesting, kind of a side issue, sort of kind of a bunny trail we can follow here, and that has to do with <laughs> receiving stuff because a lot of the stuff and promotional products are made in China. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, you mentioned uh, in April that there was some shipping problems, uh, a lot of the customs problems, the docks had people not working. And so what yeah. I, what's what's the latest on all that? I'm curious. Well, we're, we're encountering something new. And actually, this is something I read an article about, an industry article about yesterday. Uh, we're looking at the very real potential of prices going up because things coming in from China, they're still having issues with staffing. Uh, there are areas in China that are closing once again, either in preparation for a COVID resurgence or because they're actually already seeing one. But one of the biggest problems is actually the huge containers that these companies ship everything to the US on, on those cargo ships. Right. They have gone from two or three thousand dollars per container to basically bidding wars. Even even my vendors who have contracts for those containers, they went from paying the two to three thousand dollars per container to ten thousand dollars or more per container of goods. You can't squish more goods in there to right. sell the container. Now you're talking container. about the the rental price to use those from one yep. country to the other. Yeah. Uh, not yep. not you're not you're not owning the container. You're just nope. the, the cost to exactly to, to reserve yeah. that. Oh interesting. Huh. Exactly. So that's gonna have four so, or five times and there's bidding wars. Oh yeah. And and the companies that have contracts with my vendors, they're not honoring those contracts. And they're saying, well this guy's willing to pay me ten thousand. So if you want it well, that's got to impact the, the, the bottom line, man. Yeah, that's... We're, 
Interesting. Yep, we're getting emails from my vendors saying, please expect effective April 1st. Ooh. Please expect, yeah, please expect, because they've been dealing with this all along. So the right. same way that they kind of were absorbing the tariffs when those came along, they have been trying to absorb as best as possible because their sales were down and they didn't want to lose sales because of price. But, you know, it's going to impact everything that comes from China. It's not just promotional products. You're going to the store and if something is made in China, you can expect to see the prices go up because, you know, these these companies, they bring some of them bring in shipments every week. Yeah. And it's usually not just one container of good. <laughs> it, it can be multiple. So can you imagine wow. going from two to 3000, depending on the size of the container to 10,000 plus. And as far as I know, that bidding war is still going on. So interesting. interesting. So uh, to recap, what was the, the top of the list for like promotional products that people are really gravitating to now? Is there something, one or two <laughs> things that stand out? You know, they're gravitating still to hand sanitizers and masks, which I'm gravitating them away from because in my opinion, that's what it, I used to recommend hand sanitizer like crazy because no one else on the show floor was giving it away. Now I'm anticipating, you know, a good 25% to 50% plus are going to be doing hand sanitizers and other things in that realm. It's not going to help you stand out to be one of 10 hand sanitizer bottles right. that you're getting. So still getting a lot of requests from it for it. And I am saying, no, let's look at something else. I know I've recommended it to you in the past, but I think the other shift, which I hope is going to happen, is that these companies will realize that they can spend the same amount, maybe a touch more. And instead of giving out something to everyone, start targeting their promotions better, which is what we've mm. been doing over the past year, really deciding who it is you want to talk to and going higher value or at least higher perceived value items, something that makes it worthwhile for people to come by. Because really, no matter what it is, people will come by. Um, there's a, a great video on YouTube of one of those t-shirt cannons at a, I think it was a basketball game being right. shot. And Paul McCartney, it shot right over, literally over his head. And I think it landed one or two rows behind him. And you should see the disappointment on his face. I'm <laughs> sorry, Paul McCartney can afford as many t-shirts yes, as right. he wants. But a freebie from a shot from a cannon. Oh, exactly. I missed it. You know, he can That's hire someone to shoot the cannon and he can catch all the t-shirts he wants. But the disappointment on his face because he didn't get that cool thing, which was a t-shirt. Not to disparage t-shirts, but that tells you what people will, will do and are willing to sit through to get something yeah. for free, a gift. It doesn't have to be worth hundreds of dollars. It doesn't even have to be worth tens of dollars. It just has to be something cool in the way it's delivered or something that they perceive has value to them. Right. So a bigger impact on a, maybe a smaller, more niche, more targeted Exactly. Uh, receiver. All right. So, exactly. Cool. Rama uh, from Lev Promotions. It's great to uh, speak with you again. I, I really appreciate your time. And uh, where's the best place to get hold of you online? Well, you can reach me at www.levpromotions.com. That's L-E-V-P-R-O-M-O-T-I-O-N-S.com. All right. Cool. Thanks. Uh, we'll do this again, hopefully, uh, when things are back to normal. Thanks. I look forward to it, Tim. Thank you so much. You betcha. Thanks again to uh, Rama Birfus of Lev Promotions for being on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Really appreciate it. Check the show notes for a link to her site if you hadn't uh, caught that on the uh, actual interview, which I think she gave it there at the end. Uh, before closing out this week's one good thing is the new uh, 
uh, Foo Fighters album, Medicine at Midnight. I think I mentioned that they had some singles out. This has been a month or two ago, but the album's out. I finally got it. It's a long story as to how I got it from Foo Fighters uh, online store, and they screwed up um, the, uh, not the Foo Fighters, but the people they hired to send the stuff out. They actually, I asked for a t-shirt along with this. I got a puzzle, so I have to send that back and make sure they send me the t-shirt. I don't know. Live Nation did not fulfill very well but the album is actually pretty good it's not my favorite Foo Fighters album but I still am getting used to it I've only heard it once uh, all the way through I've heard uh, half the tracks before that kind of short in a way nine tracks only but you know they rock and they do a few other things they always are expanding their horizons a bit and it's always good to hear what they're up to they've been around for 25 plus years way to go hey Tim Patterson wrapping up this week's episode of Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee thanks again for watching for listening and again Give us a thumbs up somewhere. Appreciate it.